this is episode 467 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, May 4th, 2018. I'm your host, Marcus Nez, and today I'll be reviewing Avengers Affinity War. I saw it yesterday, and I'll start with some spoiler-free opinions, impressions, and then I'll move into spoilers with all that. And then on top of that, I'll be talking about the indie adventure game The Thin Silence, which deals with some heavy topics, uh, but I'll get to all that when I get to the game. I'll start with Infinity War. So, Infinity War is the culmination of, what, 18 movies before it? And I really liked it, much to my surprise, actually, because... I came out of Black Panther disappointed, still liking it, but given the incredible hype and hyperbole that was surrounding that movie, I wasn't sure what I'd think of Infinity War, and I don't think there was as much hype or as much build-up. There weren't people going crazy saying it was single-handedly saving the blockbuster film or that it was the greatest film of the generation uh, stuff like that. So, you know, there wasn't that incredible level of hype going into it. But there was still a lot of just like, this This movie is huge. This movie is really the culmination of all the movies that came before it. Sure, you had the first Avengers that was, you know, bringing together all of these characters from the previous movies. Uh, the first Avenger, Thor, and Iron Man 2 and 1, of course, and The Incredible Hulk. Same Hulk, different actor. Um, But this is everything that's come before it uh, in this huge battle. And I also wasn't sure if I would like Thanos. uh, Thanos, because I I saw him in the trailers and I was just like, "Eh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. In the trailers, I wasn't so sure about the CGI. I wasn't sold on his CGI self, but... When I saw the movie, what surprised me most was that I loved Thanos. I understood why he was doing what he was doing, why he wanted to rid, um, I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is the trailer, I don't want to uh, spoil it, but I I understood his motivations. I understood why he was doing it. It made sense to me. It's not something I agree with, but I understood where he was understood where he was coming from, which is similar to uh, Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan's character in Black Panther, who I would still probably put at the top for villains, but then I I put Thanos right below him. Um, that's my immediate gut reaction is that I'd put him right there, um, which is great. Uh, for a track record, having these the last two Marvel movies have these incredible villains, uh, though Ragnarok, I think, was very weak in that sense. Um, but his portrayal throughout the whole movie, Josh Brolin did a fantastic job inhabiting the character and becoming him. And you could see so much in his face and the, the, the subtleties in his... Um, reactions to specific scenes and the emotion that he brought through the character um and i was very impressed by him and i also love the fact that he never got 
over-the-top crazy in his villainy. He was very level-headed throughout. He simply had his goal, that he had the thing that he wanted to do, and he was going about getting what he needed in order to get it done. And that's that. He, he wasn't... He had his emotional moments, but never so over-the-top like um, what's-his-face from the first Iron Man or so many of the villains um, that were just ridiculous and like, oh, my God, you're just... This is this is getting crazy. Um, and I thought the movie did a good job of handling all the, the characters and the tones of their individual films so that when we're with... The Guardians, it's a bit funnier. There's a bit more comedy in there, and it works. And the fact that the Russo brothers were able to take all these movies that have different tones and keep those tones intact and the, the feel of those characters and their individual universes and put them all together and make a cohesive picture that works well together and in its little bits and bites uh, in all the segments between the characters and that it broke up a lot of the characters into invi into not into into various groups and the, those groups worked well together um, I think it was just a very well-made movie and also I thought the humor landed quite frequently and there were there were never any lines that really just stood out like a there were no eye rolly moments that I could think of where with Whedon I could definitely be like, oh, God, especially with um, Justice League, there were so many. Um, him coming in to edit that, I was like, no. I, I would love to see, even though I, I don't think the movie would be any better, I would really like to see Zack Snyder's cut of the film with all that crap removed because I just it sticks out so much, and I'm not a huge fan of Whedon. So I think Infinity War shows the strengths of the, the Russo brothers and that, in my opinion, they are much better suited uh, and much better filmmakers. I don't want to say much better because I do enjoy some Whedon stuff, but I think Whedon is an overrated writer-director. And well, I, I would say writer more so because his directing isn't bad. It's just he throws in these dumb jokes that, like, I, I enjoy dumb jokes, but they don't... I enjoy dumb jokes when the person telling the joke, a.k.a. me, e.g. me, knows I'm telling a dumb joke and is like not at all trying to make it sound like it's actually a good joke. I, I'm saying it because I know it's bad and you're going to laugh because you you know it's bad too and we're going to laugh at how bad and stupid it is. But they don't they don't come across that way in Whedon's work. But um, back to Infinity War. I really liked it. Of course you have to see it. The one thing I would say, but I don't think this is going to be an issue for most people because I, I can't see why anyone would decide to jump on to the, the universe with this movie. It is not a movie that stands on its own at all. Um, you really need to see most, if not all, of the previous films in the MCU in order to really appreciate and get the most out of it. Um, whereas you have movies like Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, uh, the first Avenger, uh, you know, the, the first Iron Man, um, Black Panther, Ant-Man, of course, because those are more standalone Spider-Man, um, that do stand on their own and can be enjoyed without having any previous knowledge of the universe or the other characters, etc. So that is not exactly problematic, but it's something that should be noted. And it's nice because they know that going in, they're like, well, 
we're not going to have to waste we're not going to waste time with exposition and trying to tell a bunch of people who may not be aware of what's happening here or there you know th that this is going on it's like no just see all the other movies if you want to see this you should see all the other movies and if you want to see this you probably have because why the hell would you want to just jump in here um so yeah really really liked it i of course recommend it but i feel like anyone who's going to see it has already saw it or is very close to seeing it and this is the part where i talk about spoilers so and this is i'm not going to get too deep into this because i'm not going to go through the entire plot or anything and I don't know, it's going to be a rambly mess probably because I don't have any notes or guideline as to what I want to touch upon. But um, I really like that it started almost immediately after the end of Thor Ragnarok. But it, it starts a little bit later after the destruction and all that has happened. And Thanos has destroyed and you know killed the majority of the people on the ship. And you have... Thor and Loki, uh, Thor is just on the ground, beat up. Loki is trying to use his magic with words to talk himself out of the situation or try to pull a fast one on Thanos. Hulk comes in, gets his ass handed to him, which was great. I'm, gra I'm glad they got that out in the very beginning. And I love the fact that after that, after getting beat by Thanos... Hulk, he doesn't come out for the rest of the movie. He's too scared. It shows you how powerful Thanos is that even Hulk is scared of him. And it's like, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm staying in you. I've been out for like two years. Mm, I don't need to be out right now. You, you, go, you go do you. Um, which I, I really loved. Uh, of course, Loki died. And I think that is one of the deaths that will probably stick. If it doesn't stick, then death really doesn't mean anything here. Uh, at least, you know, with the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Um, but his death seemed pretty permanent because it wasn't part of the snapping of the fingers. Um, it is it is kind of funny, though, that pretty much everyone on the ship died. I'm, I'm curious if what's-his-face, Idris Elba's character, if he's really dead. I know he got stabbed, but there's something about him that just seems larger than life that he's like whatever he's he's in the the universe and he'll come back and reform at some point i don't know and also it's just because idris alba is awesome and i want him to stay in the universe and i like his character so if he's gone that's just a sad loss and like loki a lot of people love loki i've been done with loki for a while i'm like get away get out of here i'm, I'm sick of you um but it is kind of sad that all these characters like the rock guy and a little his little bug buddy they're all dead <laughs> it's like oh great and it kind of makes thor ragnarok's existence make sense and that like hey this movie's very different from the previous thor movies and it's its own thing and it's crazy and kooky and uh, taika watiti was able to put in a lot of his humor into the the, the movie and just you know make it this crazy awesome <clears throat> special little thing and it's probably uh, the reason why I probably was able to do all that is because it, it doesn't matter. Immediately after your movie ends, everyone in it is going to be dead. So who cares? Do whatever you want. They're all dead. doesn't matter. Um, I really liked Cap's reveal because I just love Cap. Though I wish he had a larger role in the movie. But I think the way the movie played out and the characters we focus on more than others, it makes sense because... They're 
their storylines are related to the stones or retrieving the stones, protecting the stones, and Cap wasn't directly involved. Like he 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 became involved at a point, but still, there are other characters that were more focused. I think the Thor meet Guardians bit was humorous, uh, especially when they were making fun of uh, or they were admiring the muscles and the handsomeness of Thor, of Chris Hemsworth, and making fun of Chris Pratt being a little bit chubby, being close to being fat and stuff like that. Um, and Thor being teamed up with Groot and Rocket. Groot having a pretty minor role in the movie, being his teenager self who just was very indifferent, and I like that. Um, I think it could have easily been overused and overplayed if he was if it was like a Guardians movie and they just kept going back to that. Like, like I thought Baby Root was just annoying after a point in Guardians 2. Um, so I liked his indifference and his eventual helping of Thor when he's making the Stormbreaker. Um, he's like, finally, maybe I'll get up off my ass and do something. Uh, the team up of Iron Man and Doctor Strange and Peter Parker was great. I liked seeing Doctor Strange and Iron Man just butt heads because they're basically the same person. They're both these egotistical assholes who are very intelligent in their own ways and just so full of themselves. So watching them go at each other was delightful. Um, the the villains, other than Thanos's four minions, they were they were good. I think. And, like, I don't know any of their names. None of their names stuck because I think, for the most part, they were they were good fodder and had some good back and forth and stuff like that. But the main one who was interesting and scary was the guy who was a magic user or whatever. He's, like, telepathic. I don't know. He can move objects and all this stuff with his mind and, and whatnot. Um, he was scary, and I, I really enjoyed his, his character. Um... But the rest of them, I mean, there was like a, a, I don't know, lizardy giant dude who was fine, but he didn't really talk or anything. He didn't speak as far as I remember, recall. The female was okay, but she looked a lot like, I think she might have been some of the worst CG in the movie because she's definitely not the worst. The worst CG in the movie was when Banner's in the Hulkbuster and takes off the helmet and you see his head in the Hulkbuster. That is some of the, that might be some of the worst CGI in the entire MCU. It looked terrible. It I it was kind of embarrassing, I honestly. Um but that female villain looked like Medusa in the Clash of the Titans remake, um to me at least. So I think her design was cool but there was something about her that seemed maybe it's because she was not she was not human, but she had more human characteristics. Whereas the other one was like this giant lizard person. You have this one that's like a goblin-y elf thing, and then the I don't know what the the telepathic guy was, but he was not a human either. Um, and so yeah, I like them. Other than that, spoilery that I want to get to. I I was surprised and I think I mean there are things that we can't came to expect that but they were still surprised but I think what was surprising was the fact that 
Iron Man and Cap didn't die. That what the trailer telegraphed, it, it showed you all these moments where it seemed like Iron Man and Cap would be in these situations where they're they're pretty much done for. It's like, how are they going to get out of this? But that it flips that in a way. And actually, for this movie, it protects and keeps pretty much all, I think, of the original Avengers alive and gets rid of all of a, a good chunk of the new ones. And I think that's because you may see those old Avengers like Cap and Iron Man sacrificing themselves in part two, whatever it's called, to bring back the the ones that went missing um, that were quote-unquote killed. Um, also, I, uh, Gamora, her death was a, a very emotional moment because and that's a that was a great moment for Thanos one we get to see Red Skull which was I think the the biggest surprise of the movie because there were there were thoughts that he might be in it like because we knew we thought we figured Red Skull didn't die he was transported somewhere with the what Tesseract um and actually getting to see him and that was just a, a wonderful surprise and also sad and that he's just been stuck in this place where he's so close to this thing he wants this power and he's unable to get it because you know you need to sacrifice someone you love in order to get the i think it was the soul stone and that was a great moment because it it added more to thanos because you whether or not you believed him up to that point it showed you that he did genuinely love more and that uh the whole time she never really believed that uh probably just because she was like this guy's crazy he's a he's a horrible person whatever he doesn't care about me at all but he actually did he loved her and seeing him cry i'm like oh shit this is this is real and when he sacrifices her in order to get the stone it's an emotional moment and you see the look on her face because she's laughing uh when He's told that he needs to make that sacrifice. He's like, oh, you love no one. You're never going to get this. Your goal, everything you want to accomplish, it's not going to happen now because you love no one. And he starts crying. He's like, oh, you're crying because you won't be able to do what you want to do. Uh, and then Red Skull's like, no, he's not crying for himself. Um, and then she's like, oh, 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 I'm me. He loves me. And... That was that was a heavy, heavy moment because it was just an emotional moment. But also, it, it showed you that Thanos is, he's not just this awful human, and he's not a human, but this awful being that feels nothing. He does feel. And his, his, his goal to, you know, rid half of the universe's inhabitants, you know, it's not just like, oh, it's some power trip where he he just feels like, oh, I'm, I'm meant to be this god. I want to do this because it's, it shows how powerful I am. It's his belief that, you know, there needs to be this balance in the universe and this needs to be done. I, I the, the planet I lived on, it was being, you know, overcrowded and all this. And this, uh, this had to be done there. And because they wouldn't listen to me, the planet ended up in ruin it's it's a destroyed barren wasteland now because no one listened to me and i'm not going to let that happen i'm going to get this power so that i can get it done regardless of what other people think um so yeah and i like 
the more I talk about Thanos, the more I just want to like I want to watch Black Panther in this like Thanos and Killmonger are these two very very strong villains with these motivations that you can understand even if you don't fully agree with or agree with at all you understand where they're coming from and it's not like oh they're just madmen who want to rule the world because who doesn't want that power no they have you know actual kind of understandable um goals that they want to accomplish and then the the final fight was fine you know uh i i loved seeing cap hold back the gauntlet for however many seconds it was and just the look on Thanos' face when he's like, what, what is happening here? Like, he's got five stones at that time. Why is this puny man uh, holding this back uh, with just, it, 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 to me, it's just like this perfect example of the, the willpower and the strength of Cap's character. And I, that's, it's just what I love about Cap. I love all those moments. I love in, I don't really like Age of Ultron, but I love the moment when they're in Tony's loft, I think, and the hammer's on the table. He's like, huh. And Thor's like, huh, why don't you all go and try and grab it? And everyone's trying and they're struggling. And Cap makes it nudge. And Thor's like, what the hell was that? That that shouldn't have happened. And even making it nudge, Cap wasn't even really trying all that much. He was like, he, he pulled on it, made it nudge. And it was just like, <laughs> this is stupid, whatever. Um, and I love that moment because it, it shows... It's one of those many examples of the the character of Cap and how strong of heart and everything is and the kind of person he is. Um, and it's why I love Cap so much. Um, so I love that moment. And I think the last thing I want to touch upon, like watching everyone disintegrate. <laughs> when Groot started disintegrating, I just started laughing. I was like, ha he died in the first Guardians and now he's, he's quote unquote dead again. They couldn't get rid of the stupid raccoon. I... Ra- Rocket is fine, but he's a bit annoying, and I would have much preferred if he was gone. But they're like, no, for Infinity War Part 2, whatever it's called, we want the one that talks in more than just I am Groot, because most people don't understand him. Yeah, uh, Peter Quill does, but he's gone too. Thor does, but no one else does. So let's have the the funny little rabbit, um, and we can continue having Thor call him a rabbit. That just reminded me about Peter Quill and that whole thing, like... Him pulling the trigger on Gamora was a, a strong moment, and the fact that he was, in a way, the 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 person who let um, Thanos complete his plan. Because when they were trying to get the gauntlet off and almost got it off on whatever I think it was his home planet, um, he gets so angry when he finds out that Gamora is dead that he just starts punching him and makes mantis loose loosen her grip on thanos um but you know i thought like it made sense for him i know there were people who were just very upset with the fact that he reacted that way but i had no problem with that because it just made sense for him and while i was annoyed when gamora gave up the location of the soul stone or whichever one it was after her sister Nebula was getting tortured, I was like, oh, you were so, like, you have to kill me. Like, you had no backbone at all. You, like, it wasn't even, I think, a minute of torture. And you're like, no, stop it. Let's, I'll take you to the stone. I was like, okay. Well, this is going to happen. And I felt that way again initially when Doctor Strange gave up 
his stone. But then I immediately, like a, a few seconds later, was like, nope. As, as ridiculous as this seems, that he's given this up, and you can tell that stone, he's like, why, why did you do this? I remembered that he went through his little power or whatever, and he was like, I saw 14, however many million different outcomes, and only one of them has us winning. And clearly, he knew that the, the outcome where they win, this had to happen. And that's why he gave up the stone. So I was like, okay, I understand why Doctor Strange did what he did. Because um, he, he gave up pretty quickly, too. And he was like, okay, fine, here, just like after uh, Tony gets stabbed. Um, but yeah, uh, I think just going back to the part where they're all disintegrating, I was sad to see Drax go because I think Drax is secretly one of the best characters in the entire MCU. I love him so much. I don't know. He might be in my top five. I think he had probably the funniest moment in the entire movie where Peter Quill and Gamora are having this serious moment and she's asking him, you know, uh, promise me that if Thanos gets me, you're going to kill me so that he can never find this one stone that he doesn't know where it is. Um, and he's just standing there. You hear like a crunching and he's just been standing there the whole time watching them as they're having this moment. Uh, and they're like, how, how long have you been there? It's like, hmm, an hour. Like, and he's like, I've mastered the ability to stand so still that I become invisible. I'm like, no, we we can see you, and like, eh, and like, look at it. I can even move my hand so slowly that it's like I'm invisible. I'm like, nope, you're whole, you're you got like a crunch berry, whatever the hell he was eating. It's like, no, and then Mantis walks in. It's like, hi, Drax, and he's like, oh man, um, that was a great moment, and the the little bit of back and forth between Peter and well, Peter and Peter, uh, Quill and Parker, where he he says, well, I think they talk about like, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon comes up for whatever reason. It's like, is Footloose still the greatest movie ever made? It's like, it never was. It's like, what? He gives him a great reaction to that. Um, but yeah, the end when everyone's disintegrating, I think Spider-Man disintegrating in uh, Tony's Embrace was a very emotional movie, uh, 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 an emotional moment, maybe the most emotional for me that caught me off guard too because I like Tom Holland as Peter Parker. I think he's a, a really great Spider-Man because he is he he is a kid. As as whatever however old he is in real life, you know, he's tiny and <laughs> he just he feels so much like an actual kid who's beginning, you know, to become a superhero and all that which is great and he just inhabits that character so so well um that 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 and when he's just saying like you know i you know i don't feel i don't feel right i, I don't i don't want to go and i think he also apologizes like says says i'm sorry and it's just like this incredibly heavy moment and it's so sad but in the end it, it's hard to feel like the the one negative and like i don't think the fact that it ends on this cliffhanger where you know half of the universe is gone is bad because leaving the movie you know it's a two and a half plus hour movie i think it was pretty well paced and when it ended i didn't feel like i was short tripped i didn't feel like oh i i only saw half of a larger movie i felt satisfied with the movie as you know standing on its own in this universe not standing on its own without the previous knowledge of the movies but as a complete 
package I felt satisfied with it. I didn't feel like I only saw half of a, a movie. Um, but the fact that so many of the characters that disintegrated are these newer characters, I'm like, like of course they're not actually dead, and of course they're going to come back. You really, you really killed off Spider-Man? You killed off Black Panther? Get the hell out of here. No, you didn't. <laughs> Shut up, okay? We all, like... Anyone, if anyone left the movie and thought, "Oh my God, Spider-Man's dead, Black Panther is dead," you're nuts. There's no way that would ever happen. Um, I mean, Spider-Man, what? He has a movie coming out. That's the one thing that I'm very curious about. I mean, a Black Panther movie, that's definitely a ways away. But like, when is the Spider-Man movie supposed to be coming out? Because there's no way that movie can come out before Infinity War Part Two, whatever it's called, which is just like, okay, so like. If there's a date already set for that, because I'm pretty sure they're in production, or like, I don't, I don't know. But all I know is, there's no way that movie can come out before this follow-up, because that would just be really, really weird. And anyone who's followed the whole thing, or like, it, it would just be pretty confusing. It's like, I thought Spider-Man was dead, but now he's here, and they can't take place. Like, it would be weird if it was taking place before Infinity War. So I don't know what's going on with that uh, in terms of release dates, but um. Just before I finish all this, which I've rambled on for way longer than I was expecting, I want to just touch upon what I think the what what I think is going to happen in the follow up um, in part two, and that is, I think there are many characters who could die in order to sacrifice himself for. The, bringing back the the other people who were all who all disappeared when Thanos snapped his finger. But what I'm thinking, and I know there are people like no, it's, it's going to be Warlock, and I, I understand that reasoning. He was teased uh, in the like mid credits of Ragnarok. You know, they're like, oh, they they mention him, and of course he's going to be part of the universe at some point, probably in Infinity War Part Two. But I think if he was the one to reset everything and bring them back, that would be shortchanging the whole thing. And that would just be like, okay, so this character, we, the movie viewers who may or may not have any knowledge of the comics and these characters, you know, beyond the MCU, this this character we don't really know is going to come in and save the day and... Okay, whatever. It doesn't have that hard-hitting, emotional feeling to it. Whereas, to me, like it, I think this would work with either Iron Man or Cap, but I think it works most with Cap. And I think, sure, you have what's-his-face Rhodey who can hold the, the Iron Man mantle with War Machine. But we all know, not we all know, but like, Bucky can become the new Cap, in a sense. Um, I think, as much as I love Chris Evans as Cap, as much as I love Cap, I think... <laughs> I'm even kind of choking up just thinking about it, because if it was to happen, I would 100% cry <laughs> when it happened. Um, but I think that a very powerful th moment to happen in Part 2 would be you know, at the near the end of it or whatever, because I'm I'm not sure how that movie's going to be structured. I think the trailers for that are going to be really 
like I don't want to see the trailers for that after this, but for and, and and because you know I'm also wondering with the gauntlet it was pretty messed up, but of course the the gems are fine. We saw a mold of it on whatever the hell that thing is with Peter Dinklage who. I wish wasn't cast because I just can't. He just was Peter Dinklage. He was too Peter Dinklage for me. Um, that they might have to recast a gauntlet for the stones. But I think it would be great if the the second part culminates in Cap putting on the gauntlet and using its power to bring back everyone that was, you know, disappeared, and that the the power of it all. Um, would in the end end up killing Cap. Um, I think that would be such a powerful moment and a, a, a wonderful way to say goodbye to the character of Cap. And it's a, it's a great ending for him and who he is. It, it just fits his character so well. And I think, you know, it works with Iron Man too. Um, with with Tony as well, <laughs> not Iron Man two the movie, um, but I think it it so best encompasses Cap, and I would love to see that happen. As much as I I don't want to see Cap die, I think if he's going to die, you know, contracts are never going to be forever. I think it's it's a, a a perfect outing for him. So that's what I would like to see in part two. Will it happen? Who knows? I don't know. I, all I know is what I I really don't want it to be Warlock or just some new character fucking Captain. There's no way it'd be Captain Marvel doing that, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, I think I think if it's not Tony or Cap doing that, and it, in the end, you know, through that sacrifice in their life, I think it won't be as strong of a moment. But I really think it should be Cap. Moving on, the the Infinity War discussion is finally over holy crap i talked about it for way too long the thin silence is an indie adventure game with pixel art reminiscent of the super brothers swords and sorcery game um there are other games in that style too i think i think that's what like hyperdrive lifter and those games are look like too and it looks fine i think sometimes the backgrounds don't look as great but the characters look as good as they can in that style pretty much um and it's a game that has some heavy themes like depression and self-doubt and uh, such similar things. And it even has a trigger warning uh, at the very beginning. It's like, hey, this has things of this and also uh, suicide and stuff like that. And, it, you know, it, it tells you that up front so that, like, you know, if that if that stuff is maybe a bit too much for you, this game might be a bit too much for you. And I appreciate that. I, I think the writing is pretty good uh, from what I've gotten. It, it talks around it. You know, it doesn't like, oh, just like depression, depression, depression. It, it speaks in uh, metaphors or it, it speaks around the, the, the topics and whatnot. Um, and you, you go through these environments solving very simple, easy to figure out puzzles and and the problem with the game itself is that one i don't think the puzzles i've played maybe an hour of it at this point and i think it's about a, a four or five hour game 
the puzzles are very simple. There's nothing where I'm having to really think about it. And the the real big problem with the game is that your character moves so incredibly slow and there's no run or anything. And I'm I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming the reason why your character moves so slow is to in a way through gameplay uh, bring about elicit that feeling of depression where you lack the motivation to really do something like I, I suffer from depression, severe depression for uh, a long period of time. And, you know, you don't feel motivated to get out of bed early doing things. And when you're doing things, you're moving slowly, slowly, you know, very slothfully. And, you know, there's not a lot of desire to move at a fast pace. Even if there's something that really needs to be done, you're still not motivated to do that so even if like in this situation where you're in this dark space and you're trying to get out you're trying to you know get out of this depression essentially um you're still just tackling it at a very indifferent speed very just slow walking even like when you jump you have a jump ability and you barely jump off the ground um it just makes the game so incredibly tedious if you have to restart a puzzle and redo things that you already know that need to be done redoing them is just this bit of tedious uh, tedium and i can understand the desire to implement a gameplay mechanic uh, and controls and all this that you know on top of the writing and the story and all that and the the the, the setting uh, using these gameplay mechanics controls to also elicit this feeling of depression and portray it i understand that it doesn't mean it makes for a pleasant experience it doesn't make it for a fun game and people could say you know it, it, it's it's tackling these heavy themes these dark themes it shouldn't be fun sure but that doesn't mean i feel like playing it and maybe you know the fact that i've gone through depression I don't really feel like going through it again, but that I, and they're like, uh, and I can't remember the, the specific like things that it tackles. I don't know if it tackles depression, but like I have an experience played, um, hell's sets one sets hell's. What is it? The Ninja theory game. I haven't Hellblade. <laughs> is that it? I feel like that sounds wrong. Cause there are games that are like Ninja blade and there are other blades, Hellblade, Sensuna, and sacrifice something like that maybe um but i don't know how that tackles what it is tackling the, the the mental illness that it's tackling um but yeah i think it just it, it's something that is almost inevitable when trying to tackle this and like it, it's a really hard thing to try and figure out a way in which to tackle tough topics and tough subject matter in a way that is engaging and interesting and keeps you wanting to push forward and that i mean it's a walking it's a 2d you know pixel art side scrolling walking simulator essentially where you're just constantly going to the right sometimes you're moving a little bit up but you're just solving these very simple puzzles getting notes and and bits of the story and you're able to you find objects occasionally and you're able to combine them so you can make grappling hooks and climbing shoes and battery things and like 
I have battery powered shoes and stuff like that, which I thought maybe would make me jump higher. They don't, but um, it's it's a game that I don't know after playing an hour if I'm really motivated to keep playing. Like it, it and not because I'm, I'm sad to. It's making me sad. It's just it's not. It's not grabbing my attention enough to make me want to stick with the the monotony of the gameplay and the the slowness, the tedium of the mechanics, um, which is a bit sad. But you know, I, I might go back to it a little bit. But it's just a very very slow moving, heavy on the the emotions and the depression, all that um, game where. You know, when I played it, I was a little bit tired, but my eyelids were getting heavy at a point when I was like, there was a long section where I was just kind of moving and not doing much interacting. And I was just, I was getting tired and almost falling asleep playing the game. And that's never a good sign in any game. Um, because if a game is engaging, even if I'm tired, I'm going to be aware, I'm going to be alert because uh, the game is going to be uh, demanding that of me. The thin silence does not demand anything like that. It doesn't demand your attention, your alertness. It doesn't demand you give it all of your attention. It it simply demands that you give it a, a very minimal amount of it. So, yeah, that and that that is on PC. I I don't believe it's on consoles at this point whether or not it ever will be i'm not sure but it is windows and mac and it's 9.99 currently on sale nope the promotion is over so it must have ended today earlier today uh so it is 9.99 which isn't a bad price for the amount of game in there uh, i was playing with a controller it has full controller support a little bit clunky but works well enough with a controller um so yeah if if you if it sounds interesting to you it's definitely worth checking out you know looking into a little bit more um and if the 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 gameplay issues i've mentioned don't really concern you then yeah i think it's i think it's worth checking out because it's i i appreciate and like the fact that it is tackling this subject matter i think it's important and it's good for more games to do stuff like this i'm just not sure if in execution it really came together as well as it could have as should have or maybe even can i don't i don't know because it's something that isn't tackling games often enough for me to have so many different things to compare it to so maybe it's just something that is very very tricky to, to work with so uh time will tell and also you can tell if you try out the game the thin silence it is on pc and mac pick it up on steam if you feel like it if you if it sounds interesting um i don't hate it or anything i'm just indifferent <laughs> am i indifferent i don't know what i am uh i'm exhausted from talking about in infinity war for so long anyway that will do it for this episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i am your host marcus nez y'all can find me on twitter instagram xbox live my on my list steam and twitch over at what the hell we're doing uh, all those places and all the usual places at px sausage 
And on PSN, I'm the Kush Three. The site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal podcast, which are also available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And you can also find the art I do on the site or by going over to pxsart.com. And if you'd like to support the site in general, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and chip in a buck or two that away. And if you want to watch the video of this podcast or other videos, please go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage to do all that and subscribe, like some videos, click the bell or whatever. People say that now because that notifies you. So you can do all that if you want. Belly, belly, up. Also, I already mentioned Twitch, but check out Twitch. I think I've accepted that I'm going to show my stupid face when I stream. And who knows? If you have any things you want me to stream, go at it. Uh, what am I going to stream? Who the hell knows? I stream. I'm streaming too much Halo Five, and I might do that again because it's just I enjoy playing Halo Five now, and it's a weird thing that exists. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, movie pass. First time ever when I saw Infinity War, I had to take a picture of my ticket stub. That was annoying. I don't like that. And you know what? I don't really care that you can't see the same movie twice in most cases. But you know what? It's still stupid. It's still a stupid thing. What is the rule? I guess the rule is a bunch of people buy the same buy movie pass. Uh, one movie pass and then they just share it but you know what if they do who cares your business model is already garbage and you're going to go out of business eventually just accept it just accept that you're idiots and you don't know how to make a a thing because also they had a heart radio thing which they canceled and now it's back to the normal plan where you get a movie a day and it shows that they have no backbone and when you have no backbone when you fold that quickly over some complaining it sh- it shows the kind of organization you are and the, the the people on top, how they they handle situations like that, and if you if you have no will, if you uh, have no what are the what the hell is the word I'm trying to think of, but um, it just shows that you know what you're you're not you're not destined to succeed because you you're just gonna you're gonna keep giving in and you're never going to like if if you need to do something in order to stay alive stay afloat, you're not gonna be willing to do it because. You're idiots. You don't have the resolve to do it. You're no Steve Jobs. You know, Steve Jobs, I'm not, I was never, Steve Jobs is fine. But Steve Jobs, if he did something, and he was like, this is this is the great thing, and people were like, oh, I don't know about this, we're going to complain about it. He'd be like, no, I'm a genius. I'm right. Just get used to it. Because you guys are stupid. You guys are idiots. He wouldn't say all that. But he'd be like, you know, I, I know what I'm talking about. Just do it. Just understand that I'm right. You're wrong. That's that. Okay. All right. We're all on the same page now. You're an idiot. I'm a genius. Um. So yeah. Do 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 do. Bye bye. <laughs>